You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning to everyone on this fantastic Sunday morning. Hope it's good for you, too. And it uh, here, well, morning, I should say, here in Los Angeles. Till morning is 9 o'clock. Uh, for those of you back east, it's, uh, well, noon. So, uh, anyway, I hope you had a good morning as you approach the afternoon. But uh, we're having a good morning here in L.A. It's starting to cool down a little bit, which is good because it's been insanely hot. I think we're going to have a, a, you know, a couple of days where it's going to be very mild for us. That's in the 80s. And then they say by next weekend, it's going to be a scorcher again, I think, expecting in the mid to high 90s. So uh, anyway, we can deal. Uh, I'm not complaining too much. As long as we get snow by the wintertime in the mountains, I'll be, uh, I'll be okay. So uh, anyway, you're here with Dr. Jeff Werber. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, our only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. And just <clears throat> let me reiterate the words, call-in show. That means we want you to call in. Uh, number is easy, 877-385-8882. If you're really embarrassed to call, you can just log on to Pet Life Radio, click on the Ask the Vets tab with Dr. Jeff, and you can join in the conversation. Or if you're really, really, really shy, you don't even want to be live on the conversation, send me an email to drjeff, that's Dr. Jeff, at PetLifeRadio.com, and it will be forwarded to me live as we speak here on air. We make it so easy to get a hold of us, and we're here for you. We're here to help you with your pets, answer questions, you know, go over some of the things a little bit more slowly with a little better understanding than your veterinarian may have. This is where it helps to uh, give me a call, and um, so we need to just have you call me. We can kind of go from there and uh, also need to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors are ProSense Pet Products, veterinary quality products that you can get at your local mass retailer like your Walmarts and your Targets and your Walgreens. And I understand also some of them are in Kroger's, which is great. And also Kong. Can't forget our Kong toys. In fact, send us a question, send me an email, join us here on live or here on uh, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on Pet Life Radio, and we will send you out a ProSense product. So what we've been doing over the last several weeks is going through some of the conditions that there are a lot of choices to make. There seem to be traditionally much confusion, and I'm, I'm talking confusion even amongst veterinarians. How to handle, you know, one, one of the things that, that I often say, and I, I'll probably repeat this a zillion times through the course of my shows, and that is that I think the young veterinarian, and bless their hearts, I think they're amazing and they, you know, they're smart enough to get into vet school and that's great, but I think that in a sense, they are being misled by, as I call the ivory towers of the veterinary colleges, the teaching hospitals, and here's why. It's very simple, that when you go through school, the caseload that you're often seeing when you get into clinics, and let's face it, the book smarts is great and you learn a lot in your books, but the way you're really going to learn the essence, the art of veterinary practice is in the clinics. It's hands-on experience. So you have to ask yourself, what kinds of cases do the clinics get? When a case is referred by a general practitioner somewhere in central California, they want to send the case up to UC Davis. What kind of case? Was that a simple case? Was that a routine case? And the answer is no, because why? If it was, the doctor would have handled it perfectly. It was a case 
that was, as I called, the zebra. And for those of you not familiar and those of you that have been listening, you know that great expression of mine. It's not mine. I just heard it. And I love it. And that is if you're running along the beach in Malibu, California, and you hear hoofbeats chasing you from behind, what are you thinking? Horses or zebras? Hopefully, the answer is horses. And most of the cases that you're going to see, we're going to see in practice, in our general practice level, are going to be the horses. And which cases do we need to send to the teaching hospitals, to the research institutions, to the veterinary school universities? We're sending them the zebras, the ones that are really bizarre, the ones that our regular standard testing can't figure out, the ones that are ultrasound. We can't find it. We know something is wrong. Everything else is normal. Wow, you scratch your head. This is a bizarre case. I'm going to send it to the specialist. Or if you're near a university hospital, I'm going to send it to the hospital. So consequently, when these veterinary students are going through their rounds at the hospital, the cases they are seeing are really the zebras. They are seeing some of these really bizarre cases. So what happens? What happens is when they're in practice as a young veterinarian and they see that limping dog, what are they thinking? Are they thinking the four pages of normal, regular, simple possibilities or that half a page at the very end of the zebras? And unfortunately, because of their training, they're thinking the zebras. And it's not until they get out and practice for a number of years that they realize, oh, my God, you know, I've never seen a case like that one again, the ones I saw in vet school. And chances are, you're not gonna. Ah, You might find it rarely. But so I think that the tendency when you see a problem case, especially with a young veterinarian in practice, it's to immediately follow the course that they have followed from vet school, really. And they really never mastered the art of how to do your rule outs, how to, to, to make a decision without the benefit of the tests, how to use that history and physical to your advantage to rule out 90% of things on that list of possibilities, leaving you with only 10% to have to really diagnose. So what we've been talking about in weeks past have been a lot of the, but we started with the vomiting issues, and lately we've been talking about the limping issues. And in the limping issues, we've gone through some of the growth-related diseases that we see in dogs. We've gone through the arthritis, the arthritis, hip dysplasia, for example, for one, trying to clarify a bit as to how much you have to worry when you see your dog limping. So the next thing I promised we were going to talk about, we just touched on it last week. We started the knees, the stifles. And we got into the patella luxation, which is a congenital disease or certainly congenital predisposition where the kneecap, the patella, that is supposed to sit nice and tightly on a groove at the lower part of the femur called, interestingly enough, the femoral or patellar groove, where it has a tendency to luxate to the inside, especially in small, young dogs. And that's because a number of reasons the groove not being deep enough, the upper ridge on the medial aspect is too shallow, and because of the tibial crest, how it has a more of a medial positioning, and therefore, since the patella ligament attaches from the patella to that tibial tuberosity, the top of the tibial crest, it has a tendency to migrate to the inside. Thus, medial patella luxation, depending on what grade it is, as we discussed, there are four grades, grade one, two, three, four, grade one, leave alone, grade two, early two, you probably can leave alone as well, but if the two becomes more of a two and a half to a three, or a three becomes a four, definitely it's a surgical disease. So the other knee problem that we see 
quite often in the larger dog. Now, media patelloluxation is usually a small dog problem. But we also have a large breed problem, and that is called a cruciate ligament tear or rupture. Now, in people, it's referred to as the anterior cruciate or ACL. And just watch the football game on any Sunday. They will be talking about or you will clearly see an ACL injury in the making. Now, with dogs and just the nomenclature, it still is referred to as the anterior cruciate, but typically, more appropriately, we call it the cranial cruciate ligament as opposed to the caudal cruciate ligament instead of the anterior and posterior. So we have a CCL, it's called, and it's a a rupture or a tear. The reason it happens really are very similar to that athlete. It is a hyperextension injury or It is an injury of a very sharp lateral shearing force. It's when that football player gets blindsided and he's hit on the outside, the lateral aspect of his knee, and that can snap the cruciate, or if he's hit from the front. Now, as you know, when we bend our knees, we can bend our leg backwards in relation to the knee. When your leg, when you are standing straight, totally straight, You cannot bend your leg, your knee, in the opposite direction, where the knee goes behind your ankle. So think of it this way. It's a sensation that I'm sure all of us have felt at one time. You're walking along, and you're engaged in thought or in conversation, not really paying attention to the street or the road ahead of you, and you don't see that curb. So your brain, we don't think when we walk. We don't think about our foot placement. It's natural. When we're walking on a flat surface, We're not even thinking how we're placing our foot. So what happens? What's that sensation when you don't see that pothole, when you don't see that curb? So you've put your foot down, but your brain tells you you are putting it down at the same level of the last step. So you're prepared because that's what you're expected to do. But all of a sudden, that pothole is there. That hole in the grass is there. That sprinkler hole, that curb that that you didn't know was coming. So you're all of a sudden, when you land that foot, a few inches, six inches, five inches longer, deeper than your brain told you, you hit that ground with that, ow, and you feel it a little bit in the back of your knee. Well, magnify that, and that's what happens to the cruciate tear. So we see it frequently in large breeds, especially breeds that are just extremely well-muscled in the thigh. That little cruciate ligament in relation to the thigh musculature is no match. So when these dogs pivot, when these dogs are running, they're playing aggressively, whatever the case may be, that ligament can easily snap. And what's so interesting is there is such a predisposition based on genetics that we often tell a client that if this was truly an injury, I mean, truly, he was blindsided, he, the same thing, hit a pothole, he pivoted, but his foot got kind of stuck in the grass, but the rest of his body didn't. You just got that shear, that twist that can tear that ligament. It could be an accident. But for dogs, where it happens, just kind of, it just happens. And we weren't doing anything amazingly difficult or challenging or having some severe stress on that knee. It just pops. We tell them that now knowing this, there is a 75% chance that the other leg is going to go. And it's going to go for a lot of reasons. And as a matter of fact, insurance companies will insure, well, I would say all of them, many of the insurance companies will insure the first injury because it could have been just that, an injury. But if it happens again, 
And since we know that about 75% of dogs that tear a cruciate are going to tear the other one because of a genetic predisposition, and since insurance companies won't typically cover conditions where there is a genetic predisposition, you got away with the first one, but they're not going to cover the second one. So um, it's time for that break. Time goes so fast. When we come back, we are going to talk about diagnosis. We're going to talk about treatment options, and there are a number of them out there, and what happens for the small dog versus a large dog when they tear their cruciate ligament, as well as checking out their meniscus in surgery just like a person. So you're here with Dr. Jeff Werber. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And when we come back, I want to hear from you at 877-385-8882 because I'm sure one of you out there has had a horror story with your dog's knees. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food, and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots, and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Day. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Hey there, pet parents. This is Christy Vaughn, host of The Doggy Dish. Do you love your furry companion? Do you love making him or her healthy treats but can't seem to find the time? Great news. The Doggy Dish is the perfect show for you. Every episode is chock full of healthy and easy recipes that are made with ingredients you most likely have on hand. Tune into The Doggy Dish for yummy and healthy recipes for your canine kids. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back to Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. And before the break, 
we were discussing some of the stifle, the knee injuries. We covered the medial patella luxation last week, and here we're talking about the cruciate. The cruciate ligament, very, very common injury. Unlike the patella problem, which as I said, with a grade one and early grade two, you probably can get by with some medical therapy, some pain medication, maybe some acupuncture, some laser treatment. There are a lot of things that could be done to alleviate the discomfort, the pain. And since it's a grade one or a grade two, it doesn't happen very often where the knee pops out of the groove. So it's okay. Different story with the cruciate. Cruciate ligaments, well, the ligament has thousands and thousands of fibers, a very poor blood supply. These fibers are also under some tension, meaning they're, they're kind of like stretch. So picture this. Picture, here, here's a rubber band, okay? If you're watching along to, uh, alongside as I'm speaking, that you could see the rubber band. Now, if I were to cut this rubber band right there in the center, and it's under a little stretch, what's going to happen to the two ends? Are they going to stay right there, or are they going to fly in their opposing directions? And there's your answer. They're going to fly. Now, I can sit here with my, under the same tension, Having cut this rubber band, and I could sit here for the next 100 years. I can't, but maybe somebody, somebody could they could pass it on. And these two ends will never come together. The problem with the cruciate ligament is similar, that once those ends are snapped, they're not coming together. They're not finding each other on their own. And since the blood supply is so weak, we typically don't have the same healing response that we would hope to get just by leaving it alone. So all a partial tear leaves us with is a weaker ligament. So... It, the dog could be fine for now. I mean, they're going to go through an initial phase of pain with a tear, and let's assume it's a partial. That means it's not complete, only a fraction. Let's say 10% of the fibers tore. First thing we're going to do, we're going to get some pain when it happens because there's going to be some bleeding, and that bleeding is going to fill up into the joint space, and we're going to see what we call joint effusion. Now, there are a number of signs that we look at in making the diagnosis, the determination. Well, first of all, one thing we know about cruciate injuries they're not slow progressive. So let's go back to the arthritis discussion with hip dysplasia. Dogs with hip dysplasia rarely show up with an acute onset of lameness. So regardless of what the x-ray shows, we discussed, if the onset of lameness was sudden and you take your x-rays and you have bad hips, keep looking, keep looking. It wasn't the hips. I would say it wasn't, but more likely than not, it's not the hips because those hips look just as bad radiographically a week before, a month before, probably a year before or more. So you, you got to still look for, okay, why is this dog suddenly coming up lame? Now, a cruciate ligament is one of those injuries that they will suddenly come up lame. Sometimes, in bad cases, it will even be preceded by a pretty aggressive vocalization, a yelp, a cry, a snap. And if any of you have ever snapped a muscle, whether it was a gastrox, an Achilles, a severe ankle injury. Years ago, I actually snapped a, it's a muscle that is a part of the gastrocnemius or the calf group. And when those muscles snap, when that tendon tears, you feel it and you hear it. I thought somebody threw a golf ball at my calf. It was a pretty painful. It was called the plantaris. And when I talked to a friend of mine, and this is the difference of talking to a guy who is a seasoned doctor. He was an orthopedic surgeon. He didn't even need to see me. I explained to him exactly what happened, how it happened. He said, you tore your plantaris. And it's a very common injury in men over 35 at the time. I was 35. And everything that he said would happen happened. And it was fine. And I'm still back playing ball uh, many, many years later. And it was not a big deal. But you know, your dog knows when they tear, especially substantially tear the cruciate ligament. So a couple of signs we look for. If it's a partial tear, two of the things we are looking for, one is called an anterior or cranial drawer sign. And that is 
without the cruciate ligament, by manipulating the knee itself, and usually what you do is you're going to hold with one hand, the doctor is going to hold the bottom of the femur and put a thumb sort of right at the, the femoral condyles. And then the other hand is going to go up at the top of the tibia, all right? And you're going to see a movement in between the two bones, the femur and the tibia, where in a normal dog, they do not have. You'll be able to take that tibia and thrust it forward, all right? It's called a drawer sign, cranial drawer, because you can move it cranially. What typically stops that cranial movement is an intact cruciate ligament. But if you only have a very partial tear, you may not get a cranial drawer. Likewise, the tibia thrust, more difficult to explain, but it's something that happens if you put the leg in a certain position with your finger going from the top of the femur around the kneecap over to the top of the tibia where the kneecap inserts, and you push up, you push up on the heel, on the hock, and again, you'll feel that, you'll feel your finger moving forward because of that tibial thrust. Again, if you have enough of your cruciate still intact, that may not happen. So, in order to get the drawer sign of the tibial thrust, you need a, at least enough of the ligament torn, but the effusion will be there. So you take an x-ray, and you always take an x-ray of both knees, lateral aspect really, and you compare them, you will see effusion. If you get some sort of thrust or you get a cranial drawer, that tells you two things. That tells you, yes, in fact, enough of the cruciate ligament was torn, and it also tells you that your poor dog is going to need surgery. You can wait as long as you want for it to heal, it's never going to heal. And it's one of those diseases, and I, I think I mentioned this, I used to work with a board-certified surgeon in my practice, and he was one of the more conservative surgeons that I'd ever worked with. If there was a medical way to fix something, he would. His surgery, even though he was a surgeon and loved to do surgery, he was never one to rush into surgery. But when it came to cruciate ligament tears, he would kind of chuckle when the owner said, well, I want to try to wait. I want to see if he does, because he knew that sooner or later, I'm going to see this dog on my surgery table. And because of that, I recommend, folks, it's got to be sooner. Why? Because the longer you wait and for nothing to happen, and trust me, nothing is going to happen healing-wise, that the more muscle atrophy you're going to see in that leg, just like we talked about the, the grade 3 and grade 4 patella ligaments, and the more strain they'll be putting on the other leg. And if that other leg is one of those legs, if their dog is in that 75%, that there is a genetic predisposition, they're going to blow the other leg even before you fix the first leg. So it is insanity. I'm telling you, insanity to wait on a cruciate ligament tear. If it's bad enough to cause a limping, if it's bad enough for your veterinarian to elicit the drawer sign or a tibial thrust, and you see a fusion in the joint, you have but only one choice, and that is to see your veterinarian and he, he or she may do the surgery. Chances are they will refer you to a surgeon for a surgery, but it has to be corrected surgically. You're only doing your pet a disservice. Now, if this happens and your pet is 13 and he's already a, you know, a very large breed dog and you said, hey, doc, he's 13, leave the poor guy alone. If, sure, if we can eliminate some of the pain, if we can eliminate some of the inflammation, and there are things like acupuncture, and there's laser therapy, and there's non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. There are things that can be done. Then, yes, if we can make them comfortable, then certainly you don't need to consider surgery. But if you have that you know, younger, athletic, monstrous dog that is uh, showing signs, has the condition, tore the cruciate, you don't want to wait too long. 
get him in for surgery. I have one client, I'm going to end with this, who fought me and fought me and fought me on his American bulldog. And finally, finally, uh, when the second leg went, he decided, let's do the, the surgery. And six weeks or eight weeks after the first surgery, he was knocking on our door saying, okay, doc, I'm ready for the second. Why? Because the surgery works. And this dog felt so much better. So we will get to some different surgical options when it comes to the cruciate ligament. If not next week, because remember next week, we're having our guest, Dr. Heather Lenzer is going to be with us. We can talk about a few things. We're also, I just put on my list of things to do. And the reason so is because it's happened to my own cat who's going in for treatment this week. I want to talk about hyperthyroidism in cats. Again, a lot of old medicine out there. It bothers me. We need to teach you guys a lot about hyperthyroidism, and someone's got to do it, and that someone's going to be me. So uh, next week, we're back here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Join us with my special guest, Dr. Heather Lenser, um, and uh, have a great week. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, Kong Toys. You know, no one, no one got their free product today because all of you were too afraid to give us a call. Next week, write this number down, 877-385-8882. And have a great week, everybody. And give your pets a kiss for me. We'll see you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>